Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Homestead Connection podcast. I'm so excited because we are starting off a month-long series of podcasts all about hunting. When we get into fall, it's my favorite time of the year because I just love to either get out into the cattails to hunt some ducks or to get out in the woods to sit with my bow and, you know, wait for some deer. So hunting is one of my favorite passions and I know it is everybody who's on here today. Today is kind of exciting because it's myself, Molly, and Steph, who we've had on the podcast before, but we're joined with two special guests, and it's our husbands. So we're doing a hunting talk with our hubbies. So my husband, Kyle, is here, and then Steph's husband, Bo. So guys, I'm excited, really excited to welcome you to your first podcast. So I guess where I kind of want to start is, what do you guys all hunt for? So Steph and Bo. You guys are down in Texas and we're up in Minnesota. So we, you know, have a lot of similar things, but maybe a little bit different. So what do you guys hunt for? We, excuse me. (laughs) We, uh, we're primarily whitetail deer. Um, we love, love to go dove hunting, uh, hog hunting, coyote hunting, bobcats, all the varmints, stuff like that. Um, but my my biggest one is whitetails. I love I love to hunt whitetails. Yeah, we we have whitetail up here too, and it's so much fun. So when you guys hunt whitetail, what what is your season like? It does it start in September or when do you start? So ours kind of ranges each year. Sometimes it's at the very end of September. I'm not sure this year if it's at end of September. No, I, this year's the first Saturday in October for archery is when that starts through the first weekend in November, which starts rifle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a planner, so I just kind of wait till the last minute, then I look, and then I go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's perfect. It still gets you in the woods, so that's all that matters. So when you guys say you go hog hunting, are these like the feral hogs that you hear about or like, what is that like from being from Minnesota? We have no hogs, none. So what is that? What is that like? It, it's fun just because there's, uh, there's so many of them. And, uh, I mean, well, I say it's fun. It's not fun for the farmers that's got to deal with them, but it's fun for people that get to help the farmers out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. They're very invasive and they can do a lot of damage in a hurry. I mean, overnight they can they can knock out you know quite a few acres of corn, milo, uh, all that good stuff. But um, as far as hunting them goes, uh, it's it's become more of a um, let's see how many you can get in one night versus um, you know just a like a whitetail hunt where it's really really hard to do uh, sometimes. A lot of people will let you get on their land, you know, to hunt hogs. So that's kind of like an open door to try to get on and do a little bit more hunting with different species. But, uh, you know, hog hunting is, is, is quite a bit of fun. Um, a lot of people don't realize that as smelly as hogs are, you would never guess the nose that they have on them. Like they can smell so, so good. And... A lot of people don't realize that they can't see all that well so you can sneak up on them but you really got to play the wind when it comes to hogs because they they can smell you a mile away <laughs> i would have never guessed that that's really interesting with whitetail hunting too you know it's so important to be playing the wind 
you know, when you're sitting in a stand, I guess for us up here, we are tree stand hunters. Um, we don't do much for spot and stock at all. What's that like for you um, in Texas? Do you guys sit in trees or are you spot and stock or how to, how do you hunt whitetail? Uh, whitetail, it's, um, for me, it's, it's mostly tree hunting. You, you can't hardly stock up on a whitetail. Um, there's some people I see on YouTube do it all the time. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> it's something I haven't been able to get there. <laughs> get there so. No, I hear you. When I watch that online, I'm like, how do you do that? Right. My skills aren't, my skills aren't up that high. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're like on the, the ground yeah. line. Ground lines are nice too. That's nice, you know, for kids, like, you know, when our kids get older, you know, I always just think I want to bring the kids. We can put them in a ground blind and we can all go. So just, you know, lets you get other people in the blind too. Yeah. Kyle, what do we all hunt for up here? Ducks, pheasants, turkeys, whitetails. We got bear in the area. We haven't been on a bear hunt, but it's uh, geese. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of waterfall. Yeah. There's a pretty decent flyway around here. Um, my brother is actually pretty big into waterfall hunting. If I want to go duck hunting, I'm like, hey, Jesse. <clears throat> Can I come with you? <laughs> because he's got the whole setup. Um, but it's it's cool. It the migration, you know, because everybody comes north and the migration going south is something to watch. It's it's a lot of fun. So we do a lot of waterfalling when we can. Yep. But that's a labor of love. It takes a lot of time and money. <laughs> yes. So how do you do a lot of uh, duck hunting? It's we haven't done a lot recently last few years it's been so dry and we one of our properties has a used to have a pretty good wood duck hole and it's been dry the last few years so that's mainly where we do a lot of our duck hunting but it's been really slow and when we say wood duck hole like if this is in the middle of a woods oh yeah it's probably maybe 20 yards across and 40 yards long and there's some like down timber inside there and it's like if you get up there like during mid-afternoon and you sneak up on there there's like probably 15 20 wood ducks sitting on the logs that are you know on the down timber like right above the water and then there's some swimming um but then if you hunt it in the morning and you get there before daylight the ducks are just cruising through the trees dumping across the canopy like it is it's one of those moments that just gives you chills up your arms and like every you know goosebumps because it is so cool it's so much fun I think it makes a little bit, it makes it a little more cool because you have to get in and they're roosting in the in the pond or on the trees and you, we push them out in the morning and then about 15, 20 minutes later they circle back and just start dumping back in. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a song, I don't even remember the name, but it says like a 12 gauge sounds like an M16 and that is the truest story. When you're hunting in the trees and you fire off a 12 gauge shot, it's so loud and it's ringing. Yeah but it, I wouldn't trade it. We we can limit out in there when it's a good year and not very long because it's it's fun. So, yeah, that's that's what we do for waterfall. It's it's <laughs> yeah. a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, your brother's got his boat and his field blinds and everything, but he usually has his buddies going with, and we're lucky to tag along when he invites us. So we actually had got McKinley out. Was it last year? No, it was two years ago. Two years ago. ago. She was five months old and she was in the goose blind for the first time. Um, yeah, <laughs> she had her little headphones on and little, you know, like Columbia fleece on camouflage. She was all ready to go, but um, 
we had to make sure her little ears were protected. <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully we'll get our son. He is eight months old right now. Hopefully we'll get him in the blind this year. Because then we can both say they've both been hunting before they were a year old. So, it's kind of a way of life. Yep. So, I know we talked about, every, like, what types of game we have in our area. And I know that, you know... Bo, you kind of touched that whitetail is kind of your favorite. Steph, do you have a favorite thing that you hunt for, or do you like to take along? Like, what what do you, what's your favorite? Um, I guess my favorite to tag along with is the whitetail. When I go, well, depending on where we're hunting at, we either have the climbing tree stand or the stationary one. Um or the ground blind, but definitely whitetail is my favorite. Um, or I don't know. I enjoy varmint hunting because we used to do the varmint tournaments. Um, now you're up for 24 plus hours, but it is really fun to be looking out in the dark and just see eyes just coming through, through the pasture. So, Steph, I know you've told me before when we've talked about hunting what your varmint tournaments are. You need to explain what this is because I've never heard of one, and I know there's other people that don't either. So, do you care to elaborate on that just a little bit? Do you want to talk about it or you want me to? (laughs) You started it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, our hunting season starts in October. Well, technically September, but deer start in October for archery and then November through the first weekend in January for just general season. And then mid, is it mid January or are there some in December? There's some in December, but it's mainly January through April. April. Um, they, there's different places that host varmint hunts. Some places do it as a fundraiser. Some places do it just as a tournament for all of the money goes to whoever wins. Um, it just kind of depends on how they set it up, but basically it is a 24 to 36. Are there any 48 hour ones? There's some 48 hour ones. Yeah. Um, and you are out hunting the entire time, (laughs) unless you want to take a nap. Um, but you, you have to provide your own hunting spots. So you go out and contact ranchers, farmers, people that have property and stuff that you can hunt on their property. And you can call up either coyotes, bobcats. Um, Some of them you can do hogs on. Some of them you can do raccoons. It just kind of depends on what they set up. And there's a point system. Um, Bobcats are normally the highest points. And then coyotes are next. And then if they do the raccoons, those are the lowest. If they do the hogs, those are the lowest. Um, And you're just out there going from hunting spot to hunting spot, calling, trying to get something in. And just, you know, two o'clock in the morning when you're dragging and you're falling asleep, sitting in the stand. (laughs) And then all of a sudden here comes some eyes pouncing through. It gets your blood going and wakes you up and it's exciting. So it sounds like so much fun. I've never heard of that before. It's kind of like a derby, like, you know, a fishing derby or something like which I've heard of, but I've never heard of it as a varmint. And you're the first person, I've, you know, that has ever talked about it. And so I thought it was super interesting. And it's a great way for, I mean, honestly, the whole scheme of conservation because, you know, 
for the farmers, you know, those hogs that are wrecking things. And then you have the coyotes that are going after livestock and chickens and that kind of stuff. And then the bobcats that they do all of the above. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. I really do enjoy the January through April tournaments. Now here the past couple of years, it's been kind of hard. Uh, we haven't been able to do that just because the amount of people that's moving into Texas is kind of, uh, uh, everybody's selling their places, uh, and developing on all, you know, big ranch ranch places. So it's really, really hard to, we've lost like 90% of our places to hunt, uh, you know, coyotes and hogs and stuff like that. So, uh, this next year, we'll probably uh, be shifting more east Texas to try to, you know, gain some land back. But it is, uh, it's fun to to get out there and and do that and do different tactics. We we recently, the last uh, three or four years, we've switched over from using red lights to get these varmints to uh, thermal units, and um, mm. that is that that that's a game changer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're not yeah. missing a you're not missing a, a varmint running past you when when you got heat signature on it. So we really enjoy that. So when you're out then at night, are you guys you know scoped up, or do you guys use open sights? Like how? And I'm assuming you're using rifle or are you shotgun. Like what are you using when you're out? I got a uh, AR two twenty three setup um, that I use uh, with a suppressor. Um, nice. And that's that's typically what I use. Uh, the, when it's at night like that, it's really really hard to use uh, anything else. You don't want to you don't want anything to make a extremely loud boom, especially if there's you know you got uh, a pair of coyotes or or even a triple or something like that coming in there. You want to try to quiet it down as much as you can. And with the suppressor, uh, typically if you get one shot off, uh, of course they'll start running. But if you'll just stay quiet, they'll they'll stop or you can hit like a pup distress or something like that and they'll stop and they'll turn around and you could you could fire off another shot only if you have that suppressor though so that makes complete sense total sense kyle do you have a favorite species that you hunt for for the longest time it was turkeys and just the last couple of years it's kind of shifted back to whitetail well to whitetail always enjoyed hunting whitetails but Growing, or when I was younger, it was something that I could go out and do on my own turkey hunting and well, whitetail too, but it's just springtime. You're sitting in the woods. It's fun to watch the new, the new growth and the new babies and everything just come out. And, but it's shifted more back to fall and whitetail hunting. And I have to agree. I love whitetail hunting, but growing up, my favorite was waterfall hunting because that's what I did with my dad. Um, it was always so much fun to get up and go right away in the morning, get out on the water and, you know, wait for the ducks. And then when I started dating Kyle, I started turkey hunting and I started bow hunting. Um, I would, you know, shotgun deer hunt with my dad um, every year, but nothing like crazy. And Kyle got me into turkey hunting and whitetail hunting. And it's really a toss up for me on what I like better, but I'd have to almost say turkey hunting because there's nothing that beats sitting in the ground blind at 4 a.m., sitting there pitch black, quiet, and then starting to hear the woods come alive. 
you know, the sandhill cranes, for one, are annoyingly loud, but they're a cool sound. Um, and then you start hearing the frogs wake up and, you know, everything that just starts waking up. And then you hear that first Tom gobble on the roost and it is game on. It's so much fun. Um, and so turkeys probably are my favorite thing to hunt right now. Even though I missed my turkey this year, <laughs> it's still my favorite. So it was a complete bummer. Um but next year, revenge is on. So, <laughs> oh. you know, you have those moments when you're hunting and like you say you miss or you have a bad shot or whatever. And it's like, you just kick yourself so hard. We had this on film and we, I watched back and he literally moved his head just forward enough that my shot grazed his back. Like you can see the feathers that pulled. I was like, just a second, a second. And he would have been dead. And yeah, yeah, it was literally as she pulled the trigger, he moved his head forward and that's all it was. It was like simultaneously. And, you know, for me, like I've always shot a 12 gauge and this was my first year. I used a 410. (laughs) Probably will never make that happen again. Like 410 is like off the table for me. I'm going back to my 12 gauge. (laughs) The only reason you use that is because I it was a gun that I had just won and we just thought it'd be kind of neat because it was actually a turkey gun, a turkey choke. And yeah, but no. Yeah, the the newness um, kind of shielded my yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah, one year I'll break it back out, but this year I have a little bit of a salty um, attitude towards a four ten. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't help. I mean, I was shooting the Browning TSSs at it. I mean, those are like what eight bucks a shot, yeah. and that I mean that hurts a little bit when you miss. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Well, but I I just I missed so. So I've never really been, uh, I mean, I've, I've been turkey hunting a couple of times, uh, one of them on accident. Um, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, and I will say that, you know, with, with whitetail, um, hunting with whitetail, it, it, it's a challenge, you know, trying to make sure your wind's right, you're, uh, you're hidden, uh, you're surrounded by brush, whatever it may be. It's, it's a challenge when it comes to that. I didn't realize how hard turkey hunting actually was until I went and the, their eyesight is unbelievable. And yes. yeah, my hats are off to turkey hunters. Yes. It's so, everybody talk, says that turkeys are stupid. Like I've heard that so many times that turkeys are not an intelligent thing. They are so, yeah, they fool so many hunters and People don't really talk about it much, but it's true. Like they can see, they read things. If one thing is off, if your calling sequence is just a little bit off or you hit a weird yelp, they're like, what was that? I'm going the other way. Hmm. And it's hard to turn them back around. So it's, they're hard, but they're fun. They're so mm-hmm. worth the challenge. Yeah. You're making me want to go turkey hunting again. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little bit delayed. Fall, fall season starts in October. Yes. Maybe we'll go again. So primarily, I guess, like for us, for when we go turkey hunting, we, you know, turkey hunting, duck hunting, you know, waterfall, pheasant, whatever. And then we do two weekends a year of deer hunting where it's with shotguns. So that's about the only time of the year that we use gun. Um, Otherwise, we do a lot of bow hunting. And, I mean, we even do some bow fishing. I have a crossbow that we, you know, have as well. And it's just, it's fun to to get out and shoot and it's just like kind of a, a relaxing thing that we enjoy to do during the summer so i i bow hunt whitetail and that's probably my favorite 
to do is, is bow hunt. I, I've never bow fished. I always thought that'd be pretty cool to do. Um, just never got out and done it. Uh, but yeah, bow hunt and whitetail, that is absolutely my favorite way to hunt. Uh, have you ever done any out-of-state hunts or have you always bow hunted in Texas? Uh, I have done an out-of-state. I've never done a I've never taken my bow out of state, uh, but we okay. went to, uh, no, not Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. My uncle lives up there and he has some land up there and, uh, uh, I didn't shoot, uh, a buck, but my dad did. And, uh, that was the first out of state experience I've ever done. Um, I've been wanting to do my, one of my biggest things is, uh, uh, okay. I'll say that then. <laughs> um, but no, I've never, I've never carried my bow outside of Texas. Um, however, that that's on the list to do. <laughs> well, that's good. That's that's fun. Steph, have you ever thought about getting into archery, or do you shoot? Um, I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fine. It's on my list, but I'm I'm not there yet. There's only so many hours in the day, and they seem to go so fast. Yeah. You know, so I I totally hear you. We haven't picked up our bows as much as we've wanted to this year either. So there's only so many hours in the day. I mean, for me, it's intriguing, but it doesn't get cold here until halfway through archery season. So I don't even want to go opening weekend. It's too hot. Yeah. Our opening weekend around here too, it's, we're always bringing our thermocells with because the bugs are so bad and you know, you can't sit in this tree still cause you're swatting the flies, you're swatting the mosquitoes all, all the time. And so we are like clinging to our thermocells to get rid of these bugs. So we normally don't start bow hunting hard until October, even though it starts in the middle of September, we normally wait a few weeks before we start sitting in the trees when it starts to get a little cooler too. Might change this year though. Cause we got a good buck. Yeah, we have a good buck that showed up on camera. Um, it's like a 16 point. I need latitude and longitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we're sitting here recording, Kyle's checking our yeah. cell cams as we go. I'm like, yeah, he's looking at his trail camera. I'm not even joking. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I work for in the hunting industry and we have like mineral. We I work for a mineral company and so we just refreshed our mineral sites this last weekend and they've just been hitting it like crazy do you guys do any like mineral can you guys bait in texas like is that a thank you hunt over bait we can on private property um out in the national forest where we go there there is no baiting you can't do anything like that um but that makes sense i know that um you know, some states allow you to, we can't in Minnesota. Um, but you know, like I said, we just threw up, refresh those mineral sites. And it's just fun to watch the deer come in. Um, but that's as close as we get. And our Minnesota actually just lifted 24 counties, like, cause we had CWD really bad here a few years ago and they just lifted that. So this year is the first year we can use mineral again for the last, mm-hmm. I don't know how many years. So it's kind of exciting, especially with what I do for work. Right. So. And the nice part is we can hunt over the mineral. We can't bait food, but the mineral, the rock, that stuff we can leave out and hunt over that for early season. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it's 
yeah, there's so many rules and regulations and it's hard to sift through them all, but um, it's important to know your local laws. <laughs> we all know. Um, I could be wrong and I just talking about counties, I could be wrong, but is your dad like the county trapper or something like that for where you guys live? Yeah, he is the the trapper for this the county that we do live in. So what does that all entail? So like is he does are there other people that trap like as a hobby or does he like see over all that or how does that work? We do some trapping up here, but I've never heard of a county trapper. So uh, especially right now with the amount of hogs that are in Texas, um, of course, with hogs, it brings coyotes and every other thing that, you know, is a nuisance. Skunks, beavers, uh, all that good stuff. There, I'm sure there are people um, that are, they do some trapping themselves, but they're, uh, there's not too many of them. Now, our county um, has assigned one person, which is my dad, to um, take care of all these, especially all these big ranches around here, uh, and, and not just the big ranches, but even people that live in all the way up to subdivisions that have like uh, skunk problems or armadillo problems, uh, anything like that that's, that's a nuisance and being a nuisance to um, or doing any kind of damage to their property. That's what he takes care, you know, that's what he takes care of. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. You would think that, you know, being in Texas, you'd be self-sufficient, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that's people that's weird. not. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of common for everywhere, but that's super cool with your dad. I. I had thought I had heard that once and I was like, that's gotta be a fun job. Is that like what he does full time or is that like on the side of like a hobby? No, that's a, I mean, he does that full time, but he also, uh, he's a paint contractor and he's been a paint contractor mm -hmm. for either almost or over 40 years, something like that. So wow. Wow. he's a busy guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, Texas needs him for all your, your issues with, rodents and everything that you got varmints going on so he he's needed so that's awesome i wish we kind of had one around here mm -hmm. but i guess we don't have as many varmint right. issues but... i only know a few people that trap in the area it's yeah not and, many. and up here we like most people get like mink and beaver, beaver and weasels nope. so that's about what people trap up here nothing too crazy you have a lot more do they uh do they sell like the fur and stuff like that or yes okay. they do my cousin's a part of the minnesota trappers association and so he will trap for a lot of people during the winter um and then i think he tans his own and then sells them somewhere um but otherwise i don't know what else you know they do with them yeah they're they're used to when i, I remember when i was a kid there used to be a lot of trappers around here a lot of people that would trap different things but um and they would do it obviously primarily for the the fur but um the prices uh, nobody buys that stuff in texas anymore it seems like it you got to ship all that stuff up north somewhere mm -hmm. i'm not sure where exactly that's at but um that i think that's what kind of kind of did it for some people you know it was a more of a make a little bit of extra money on the side type of deal but yeah. now you really can't do that anymore i mean it's it's just not there. 
Yeah, that side hustle is gone, yeah. which is unfortunate. I remember growing up, it, I, this never happened to me, but my dad always used to say, if you get, isn't it gopher? If you turn the gopher's feet, like you'll get two bucks at like a store or something when he was younger. And I was like, what? Obviously, that's a thing of the past. But I was like, that would have been kind of cool. People just don't do that anymore. No. So I guess the next thing I kind of want to talk about, and I think this is something that everybody loves to talk about, is what is your most memorable or your most favorite hunting story? Like, what is something that you still think about to this day, or you have a trophy on your wall? What's the story? I don't know who wants to go first. Well, you go first. Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I have two stories, but I'm going to go with my turkey hunting story. Um, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago my first time ever turkey hunting kyle took me out and we had just started dating so we hadn't been dating very long um and we were sitting out in the blind and there was a whole bunch of turkeys across the field and then this big tom steps out and he's sitting out there 50 to 70 yards in between there and he was just hung up the hens weren't moving we were sitting across the field calling at him. He would gobble back, very responsive, um, but he wasn't moving. Uh, Kyle started, you know, different call sequences and stuff. And my favorite call sequence, like my favorite thing is like a kiki run. I just think it sounds so cool. Um, and he hit a new note and um, this Tom just strutted out, got big and started drumming his wings. So this Tom, you know, is puffed out, huge feathers, redhead looking great and all he's doing is flapping his wings really hard and it's kind of like a uh a mating is it technically mating yeah i'd say so yeah it's it's just a show-off thing like he's like puffing yeah. his chest out like look at me uh, but he's flapping his wings down and it's this drum and it's a sound that i can still hear to this day and that hooked me well, that hooked me so hard well i'm gonna jump in on your story it's not my story but he was he when he got closer we could hear him spitting because that's what they, they drum and spit and you could hear that he was that close and just the way the blind was set up she didn't have a shot until he was what 20 20 yards yeah yeah so he had to come super close and like if you know anything about hunting when you start getting that animal that you're ready to shoot and you're like yep i'm gonna this is my animal i'm gonna take it that adrenaline rush that kicks in and you're just shaking like i was a mess i would never turkey hunted before have this huge tom at 20 yards don't have a shot you know all these things i was just shaking and he was making all this noise looking so cool um and then he finally gave me the shot and i took it and he dropped like a ton of bricks like he was done flopped on the ground for like a couple seconds kyle didn't even wait. He was so excited. He busted out the blind doors, left me in the blind, and he was out by my turkey, and I was still sitting there. And I was like, hey. Um, but that was probably my favorite hunting story. My first turkey, it was a really big bird. He was, like, almost 24 pounds, um, nine and a half inch beard, and, like, what was it, like, seven eighths inch spurs? Yeah. It was a really big turkey. Inch, yeah. Um, So that was probably my favorite hunting story, and I haven't had one to top it, so yeah, that's mine. So when he was doing that drumming thing, could you kind of like feel the the drum through it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, you you just felt it right in your soul. You're like, <laughs> like okay. Yeah. 
it was so it was so cool it's an experience that um since i've never seen in the years the 10 years now that i've been turkey hunting i've never had another turkey drum um and it's something i want to experience again because it was that cool if you've never seen it i definitely recommend googling it going on youtube just see what it's like because it's it's really cool you hear them like when they're in the woods or something like that but we haven't had one literally out looking at the decoy sitting there drumming and spitting and doing that but and it, it took them a solid half hour it was forever to come down the tree line and yeah it was it's pretty good hunt yeah and at least i hit it and i didn't miss so i mean <laughs> if i would have missed that would have been a terrible hunt <laughs> Mine's just kind of entertaining, and he's going to roll his eyes when I tell this story, but. (sighs) (laughs) It's just, I was shocked when it happened because I didn't know that this would happen. So we're we're sitting in the pasture, facing the woods, waiting for hogs to come out. We're going hog hunting, and we're sitting there. You can hear them squealing and screaming at each other you can hear them like running around but they never come out of the woods so that you can get a shot so we're sitting there listening to all that it sounds like they're getting closer but none of them ever come out the sun's going down (laughs) and this is so dumb but the sun's going down and nothing has happened and i'm bored and there's an armadillo over coming like at the edge of the woods and I asked Bo are we about to go and he said yes and I said can I shoot the armadillo like I just want to shoot something so he said yeah so I shot the armadillo if you shoot an armadillo they will blow up what I did not know that <laughs> I shot the armadillo and he exploded <laughs> what that is crazy I did not know that I didn't either <laughs> So, like, did you shoot its head or, like, just the, like, the whole thing blew up? Yeah. He exploded. There's, like, blood everywhere all over the tree that was behind him and everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, Bo, did you know that that would happen? Yeah. When you, like, um, I've never seen one in the daylight, but, like, at night with the, with the thermal and you shoot one, you can see heat signature just splatter everywhere. I mean, it's oh it's, it's almost like playing a video game. And I know it's kind of graphic, <laughs> but it's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I did not know that. So when I go to Texas next, definitely on my list. Like, <laughs> let's go find an armadillo. <laughs> Kyle, are you ready? Yeah, I guess. It's a turkey hunt and a whitetail hunt. My whitetail hunt was the first out of state that I've been at and down in Iowa. And uh, shot a buck, but my, I think my story is actually going to be the turkey hunt. Because it was, what, how long was I calling for your brother? Because I, I actually, for as long as I can been hunting probably turkeys, I've been calling for people. I've gotten probably eight people their first birds. And a lot and, of people second and third birds. Yeah. And just her brother was just one of those that just couldn't get it done and didn't just the birds weren't cooperating and finally this year he came up and was hunting our property and we had some birds roosting about 200 yards north and i watched them come down the far west line and uh they just hung up in the back corner 
and they weren't on our property at that time. And I'm like, Jesse, we got to make a move. And we did. We scooted down the line, jumped in a uh, little island of trees, and I got them to come right to the line, and they hopped over, and they were just sitting there. And we, I had just my fan. That's all I had. I didn't bring any other decoy. It was literally just the fan. And we crawled probably 20 yards, and we reaped them. And when he said crawled, he took a picture from behind them. Oh, yeah, in tall grass. It looked like a, like a, a highway, like a deer trail <laughs> highway where it's just, you know, there's regular grass on the side, and this is just mowed flat. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I was like, geez, guys. Well, we actually both missed our first shot because they were so close. And her brother pulled up. His, his bird was about five yards. He shot, and then I shot. My bird was probably about 15, but I was dropping a fan and calls and everything and pulling a gun up. And, uh, yeah, he shot his about 20 yards. It rolled, and mine was actually about 40. And I don't know how I got it, but it flopped, and, yeah, we were jacked. Yeah, they came home that day, and I think their adrenaline was still going because they were both so excited oh, and was... just shaking. And when they tell the story, they're like, I can't believe that happened. I'm, I don't know how it works. I almost don't want to out of a blind for turkeys anymore <laughs> yeah that's close and personal yeah it was it's a lot of fun and just like he Bo talked about the vision that turkeys have to kind of fool that and you know they obviously had something else on their mind and they were agitated that this bird was in their area and yeah they hopped the fence we kind of knew it was game over Bo what's your favorite hunt and story did I sound like I was from Texas there? <laughs> What's that? I said, did I sound like I was from Texas there? I tried. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you an E for effort. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I've got some that I really can't tell. Um, <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, I will say that I was taught the best kind of hunting is the kind where you got to look over your shoulder. I don't know if, if y'all know what that means, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my favorite, I guess my favorite story is not really my story. Um, it was last year when I took Peyton, uh, our daughter, um, hunting. Well, she had gotten a doe a couple years before that, um, or her, which was her first deer, but she had always wanted a, um, she's always wanted a buck. And so all last year she kept saying, I want, I'm eight years old. So I want an eight point. And I said, honey, you, you're just going to have to take what you get. Cause yeah, <laughs> it's, it's public land. It's national forest. You just, you just take what you get. You don't pass up an opportunity if it presents itself. So, um, I took her out in public land and, uh, bless her heart. She cannot stay awake. Um, first five minutes in the stand, she, she, I mean, she's out. And so, but let's just say uh, that hunting naps and deer stand naps are the best naps you have all year. They, they are. are the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just they had to are. make it known. <laughs> we found a, a holly tree that had, had just fallen over and uh, was still green, still had leaves on it. So we, we found a spot right in the middle of that holly tree. We sat down. I had a tripod set up uh, with her gun in it, and 
I guess about two hours into the hunt, I hear something over to my left and I'm trying to wake Peyton up. I'm trying to say, hey, look, you know, there's something coming. And about the time she wakes up, it's it's hitting to our left, going kind of right out in front of us. And I see it, you know, it's got a rack on it. And I can't tell. Texas has a 13-inch rule. And and basically what that means is that the, the rack has got to be 13 inches wide. The spread's got to be 13 inches wide. It's a stupid rule in my opinion and i'll go on record saying that <laughs> um they say you got to go by the ears and and it it's all you just can't tell so mm-hmm. um it's either got to be extremely big or you just got to chance it so um it gets out there probably 25 yards and at this point peyton is still sitting in her chair and i'm still trying to get her to come to you know she's got her eyes open i'm like hey there is there's a buck right here. I'm pretty sure he's wide enough. You, you got to take the shot. And so she's trying to stand up It leaves her crunching and uh, the bucks, you know, he, he's trying to figure out where this noise is coming from. And he's, he's constantly looking over at us and I'm telling her to stop, you know, don't move. And uh, it gets out there probably 40 yards and it looks right at us and I don't know why it did not run, but it watched her get halfway up out of the chair, get to her gun, get the gun situated on the deer, never ran, just sat there and watched us and she dropped it right there. So that was, oh my gosh. and it just so happened to be an eight point. <laughs> oh my. So she was, she was on cloud line and I, I'd say that's probably my favorite story. That's, That's going to be a hard one to top yep. ever. Yeah. That is so cool. I know I've seen um, before. She's showed, she's shown off um, in a video chat when I've seen her before, her buck. And she's just so happy. She's just beaming when she has it. And so I think getting kids out hunting for the next generation of hunters in the future, I think that is the coolest thing ever. And if I can ever teach my kids one thing is I want to be able to teach them how to hunt if they want to. Yep. And it had to be an eight point. <laughs> it had to be an eight point. What are the odds? Someone was with her watching out that day. <laughs> yep. And to top it all off, the deer had come, I mean, directly downwind of us. And when he was downwind of us, um, he wasn't, you know, 10, 15 yards from us on the ground. I mean, it, it was all a, it just it was just meant for her (laughs) that's perfect so then steph did she call you so where we where we were we didn't have any service um we had to go into town to get ice for the deer and uh we did call you did you yeah we sent pictures after that but it was several hours later i'm sure she was just so excited there was one one hunt kyle and i had just been dating for a couple years and get back open up the trailer just you know show off everybody's deer and here's this eight point buck laying in the back of the trailer like a nice eight point buck a big one and mind you like just earlier that year i paid for kyle's wood duck to be mounted as his birthday present one that we shot at our wood duck hole (laughs) they open up this trailer and here's this giant eight point beautiful symmetrical deer and I'm like, whose is that? Because I had no idea someone shot a buck. Normally that's relayed in messaging. Uh, was never told. And it was his. And I was like, hold the phone. And then the first words that came out of my mouth is, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. Ever. 
It's on our wall. Yep. I didn't have to pay for it, but it's it's on our wall. It's kind of funny. I it's nice to have messages, but that was a surprise. <laughs> so I know that we've talked about our favorite hunting stories, but I think the next best thing that you can talk about with hunting is what's your bucket list? Like what are your hunts that you want to go on? Where do you want to go? Are you drawing points anywhere? Like What's your plan in the future? So, Bo, I think earlier you were going to talk about some bucket list hunt, and Steph told you to stop. You got to save it for later. So, where are we at? And what do you want to do? Uh, elk hunting, Colorado. That that is that's my goal. I've always wanted yep. to go elk hunting. And archery elk, I'm assuming. What's that? Are you thinking archery? Yeah, I would love to do archery, but if I could drop one with a gun, I'd be. I'd be happy to. That'd be super cool. They're such big animals oh, yeah. and they're so tasty. So good. Yeah, they are. It, do you have any interest in doing any like exotic type hunts? Like since you live in Texas, I know that they have a lot of more exotic animals and like ranches down there that have them. Are you interested in anything like that? Or are you just mainly your plain Jane, like your elk, your deer, your, you know, like the normal animals? No. Um, you know, I was hunting on a property that uh, was kind of backed up to, uh, a deer farm that had exotic animals on it and something happened and some exotic animals went everywhere all over this property I was hunting and I was like, well, look at there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I had no interest in shooting anything like that. I, I don't know why, um, I, unless it's really, really good eating, I probably would. But, uh, my, my thing's been, been elk. I've always wanted to go elk hunting. Yep. It's been a big dream of mine. And, uh, that that would be the top of the bucket list there so yeah that'd be cool super fun i would like to experience a turkey hunt yes come to minnesota i'll take you <laughs> okay i'll take you she'll take a lot <laughs> <laughs> there's your offer come on up <laughs> she doesn't get the 410 does she <laughs> no <laughs> unless you want it <laughs> Turkeys are fun, but seriously, yeah. if you want to come up to Minnesota, we'll get you on a bird. Yep. It'd be fun. Kyle, what do you have for bucket list <sighs> hunts? Too many. We, got, we don't have enough time to list them all. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go do like a double antelope uh, mule deer hunt. I think that'd be a lot of fun, spot and stock. Um, but a big one for me is a moose up in Alaska. Flying on a bush plane. Yep. Get dropped off in the wilderness. Yep. Tent. Yep. The whole nine yards. Yep. Everything. It'd be cool. Caribou up there would be fun too. Yeah, that would be fun. For me, my bucket list, my realistic bucket list in Minnesota is I want to shoot a Minnesota black bear with my bow. Uh, really bad. That's been on my list for a few years. Um, so that is like my high Minnesota bucket list. Um, but my next bucket list item is archery mule deer. Uh, but I'd really like to shoot one in velvet. Yeah. If I could be really specific on what I want. <laughs> and and I don't want it to be one with a whole bunch of junk. I want a beautiful, symmetrical, giant mule deer in velvet. <laughs> Not that I have any idea or picture in my brain, but, you know, you get the idea. Kyle, did you say that you bow hunted? Yeah. What kind of That's bow do you have? Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. You got the V3X. 
I have always wanted to shoot a Matthews, but I just, I have, I, I'm, I'm scared to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't regret it. That's for sure. But it's a smooth shooting bow. Yeah. I upgraded here. What last, last year? year from a bow that I, my previous bow was a Matthews, but it was 2012, 14. Yeah. I mean, it was, like it was 10 years old. Yeah. It's a 10, 10 year old bow. And just the technology in it is crazy how much faster, quieter, smoother they are. What do you shoot, Bo? I have a Diamond Edge. Uh, Bowtech makes it, but um, mm-hmm. that was kind of a... Um, I had to hurry up and get a new bow. Uh, we had long story. One of my bows, my, my bow that I had a long time got stolen. And so oh. I had to turn around and hurry up and get another one before season started. So uh, I didn't have time to really shop around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, if it gets the job done, that's all that matters. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the functionality on all the bows is the same, right? You put an arrow in, you draw it back, you aim, and you release, right? Who cares what it is? Everybody gets so, like, stuck on brands. I'm guilty. Like, I love, you know, our bow, but it doesn't matter. My my first bow was a Parker. I don't know if you guys got that down in Texas, yeah. but I mowed all summer long. Cause this is back when I was early high school, maybe junior high mowed all summer long and saved up enough money and bought it just before fall and set it in hunted a few years with that. Mm-hmm. Quite a few years. I only shot what two deer with that bow yeah. <laughs> and then I upgraded <laughs> and then I shot one deer with my old bow and then I upgraded. And you shot one deer with it. No, I you haven't. I haven't shot a deer with my new bow Yeah, yet. no deer with the new bow yet. Hopefully, Gotta get some blood hope, on it. I said hopefully three of them hit the dirt this year. Yeah, I guess. So with Whitetail, do you guys clean it yourself? Do you take it to a locker? How do you guys, I'm assuming you guys do a lot of your own and you eat a lot of your venison. For us, we primarily eat venison as our only red meat in our house. Are you guys the same way? Yeah. Yeah, uh, my dad... My dad actually has a uh, butcher kitchen that uh, he set up behind his house that we uh, <laughs> we uh, take all of our stuff to. Like we we butcher our own stuff, and he he loves to do that. So if he wants to do that for me, you know I I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna argue with him. <laughs> I don't no, mind doing it, but he, so. he he loves to do it. So that's slick. I love that. We we do all of our own too. Um, the Tuesday after gun season, every yep. Tuesday, we're always at Kyle's dad's shop butchering deer every year. And then we grind it, you know, separate it, steaks, loins, all the things, freeze it up. And then during the winter, normally we get a whole bunch of our, um, like, scrap, and we grind that all, and we'll make, um, like, sausages and summer sausage and jerky and different things like that um, every year. But this year, I'm really hoping to shoot an early season doe with my bow because I want to pressure can most of it. Um, I made or I pressure canned venison for the first time last year. And oh, my gosh, I. Yep. I need a whole deer for it this year. It was that good. I was like, this is delicious. It was very good. Yeah. I don't know. I always used to think easy because it's already done. Do you guys pressure can your venison too or meat? I do, so when 
when we when the new season starts, I'll go through and can all of what's left over. From that the makes sense. Yeah. That's smart. I like that. I might have to do that with some of ours too because we have some mm-hmm. some left still yep. from last year. I don't know. There's not much that beats a fresh tenderloin from a deer. I, I I'll agree with you on that. It, it's hard to beat a backstrap or tenderloin. It, you just you really can't. <laughs> so They're, darn good. I know the the hogs that we have down here. Um, we we butchered quite a few of them, and uh, just kind of going back to 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 the hog hunting situation of they're they're extremely hard to kill. Uh, and if if you're trying to shoot them with a bow, you got to get really in the exact spot that you're aiming for and hope that it hits something because uh, they have a shield right there behind their front shoulder where you'd normally shoot a uh, whitetail. Um, they've got an actual shield plate, and so uh, it's. When you go to shoot one with an arrow, your arrow is not going to go through that. Like it's, it, I mean, it'll go in it, but it's not going to go all the way through the pig like it would a whitetail. Mm. Um, but weird story going back to the processing with these pigs. Uh, I shot a pig one time and took it to my dad's to get it processed. And I are skinning this thing, getting it uh, quartered up. And I went to take one of the quarters, uh, to take one of the front quarters off the leg, the front legs. And uh, my pinky had hit something extremely sharp, and I, I threw my hand back, and I looked, and it was somebody else's broadhead that had buried up in this pig, and you just see the the, the fat had grown around this broadhead. Wow. And uh, it's you'll see some really weird stuff when you go to butcher hogs, uh, you know, of all kinds of stuff out in nature or other pigs tusks or something like that that's kind of uh you know jammed up in hogs uh, they're they're a extremely tough creature but um they have some really really good uh, meat on them if you can if you can get them especially well off of milo or, or uh corn ranch or something like that so um yeah there, there's some weird stories that's come from uh, butchering hogs <laughs> With a hog, so, like, I think of pork you get from the store. It's pretty, like, pale pink. Wild hog, isn't it darker, like, meat? Yeah, uh, it is. It's it's a lot different. Um, and especially if you can get, like, a younger pig, like an 80-pound 80, 80 pig, those are the the best ones, if, especially if you're going to do, like, pork chops and save the, the back straps and tenderloins and stuff like that. Uh, the bigger ones, uh, we usually like, uh, we still don't do nothing with the tenderloins. We, we have to, it's a sin if you don't get the tenderloins like that. That's just what it is. <laughs> Everything else though, it, it, it's either sausage or, or something like that. But yeah, that there's sense. a big difference between um, store-bought pork chop and actually uh, wild hogs. And I will yeah. say that the bacon, th- there's a, there's a, night and day difference when it comes to bacon off a wild hog versus store-bought it is so much better off a wild hog than it is store-bought so well that's a new uh, delicacy we need to get into we need to go to texas so we can get some real bacon yep that sounds dang good we'll we'll trade you a pig for a turkey how about that (laughs) let's go (laughs) that would be so good i i would love that you know, I've seen people online that like will hog hunt out of helicopters, and I'm like, that is next level. Like that is wild, but it looks like fun. I don't know if I could do it. I don't. I don't know if I could do the heights. 
Yeah, so my dad, um, we were talking about him earlier. He, when he does his county stuff, he goes to this big, big ranches and they actually fly helicopters. My dad doesn't fly, but they fly helicopters over these big ranches and uh, get these hogs out in the open. And he's one of them that's got to go pick up all these dead hogs that, uh, you know, the gunner on the helicopter. Oh, wow. Yes. And sometimes they'll get uh, anywhere from five to 900 hogs in, in one, you know, one afternoon. So it just kind of depends on, you know, the ranch and how long they stay out. But, yeah, they, they can they can do some damage to a group of hogs. But, man, hogs can rebound so quick. Yeah. <laughs> It's good that, you know, you guys are able to do that and that you can use the resources like the helicopters to aid in it so that way, you know, they can help the farmers and the ranchers out. Because that's got to be devastating. Yeah. He's just looking at trail camera pictures. (laughs) (laughs) He's coming in right now. Yeah, that's all he's doing. We're we're debating if we're going to put anything up. We kind of want to be surprised. Like, not now. Yeah. (laughs) super fun to not know i feel like we get spoiled and ruined having trail cameras now because i know what's out there i know when they're coming and then if they're not there when i'm in the stand i'm disappointed right so if they walked out and i had no idea they were there it'd be like christmas morning (laughs) but now i'm like okay the presents already partially unwrapped but here it is so is kyle just uh just calling dibs on his on his present right now Yeah, I, no. did, I, did, I was the first one that realized that this one buck was out there. So I called dibs on this buck. I want one of us to shoot it. Well, someone to shoot it. We have, um, so we hunt on private um, land for where we hunt. And just a mile or so down the road is Amish. And they can get more landowner tags. And so they get a lot of deer and, you know, they like to go after the big deer too. And so it's a little bit harder because they can shoot more animals or more deer than we can. And so a lot of times we don't always get the opportunities. And so I would really like one of us to be able to see the deer. I don't care who, but I would really like one of us to get it, (laughs) which would be fun. We haven't shot a really big deer off the property in a few years. It's been a while. Yeah. So how do y'all's tags situation work out? So right now, this year, we're, we can have three deer yep. per person. Well, regular season, we can shoot three deer per person. Yes. We have... And that's just, one buck and two does. Yep. So you have your one buck tag, which is an either or. So it's, you know, antlerless or antlered. Um, but then the other two are bonus tags, which are doe tags. Yep. Um, or bucks with antlers that are three inches or less. Um but we have with this be what third year? Yeah, no, third year. The DNR Natural Resources just put out a early antlerless um, season, and the first year they did it, the tags were five, and none of those five counted towards your regular season. So you could have shot eight deer. Yeah. Total. That's a lot of deer. Yeah. What do you do with them all? Oh wow! Like almost, if you shot eight deer, what would you do? <laughs> that's a lot of canning at 110 110 minutes per session that's a lot of canning ours is 90 we're closer to the sea level <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny but still at 90 minutes a crack for eight deer yeah that would take you a while and i guess you know 
just to kind of wrap this all into homesteading, hunting is a great resource for homesteaders because as we've been talking, you know, we can go out there, we can help manage our land, um, manage, you know, be a part of conservation, making sure that the numbers stay where they are, taking care of it that way so that way disease isn't out of control. And then in turn, we can take it to nourish our families, right? So, you know, we've talked about different ways we can preserve it. We can can it, you can freeze it, you can dehydrate it, you can make jerky and different types of sausages. And then, um, you know, like next year, like Steph does, how she, you know, uses the stuff in the freezer. If she has any leftover, can it so that way she can have it shelf stable for the years to come. So bringing it all back to the homestead, it's just a really good way to be self-sufficient, not have to rely on the major food chains. And you know where your food's coming from. You know you're not getting full of, you know, antibiotics and different things that they put inside our meats um, and then different, you know, additives and preservatives during the processing process. So um, I think it's it's a definitely a good conversation to have if it's something that you and your family are willing to look into. Um, hunting to me is, you know, being ethical, helping with conservation, um, and just another way to yeah. be self-sustainable. Especially for people that are like urban homesteaders where you can't necessarily have a meat source on your property, you can go hunting I'm going to assume that it's cheaper to get a deer process than it is to buy a half a cow or a whole cow. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, yeah. it, it could definitely, for sure, especially for the urban homesteader or someone just trying to get into it. Um, it's, yeah. I see it as like the gateway drug, maybe <laughs> to, to having a sustainable meat source <laughs> that you don't have to grow. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And, you know, hunting is accessible to pretty much anybody. There's, you know, there's people out there that are in wheelchairs that are hunting that have different like track systems on their wheelchairs to make them go. And then there's, you know, people, I saw a video online this last year of a little guy who lost his eyesight, but there's like a different mount that can go on a gun that can, you know, help them see so that way they can still hunt. And like there, you can hunt, anybody can hunt. There's a lot of people I know that hunt that have the utmost respect for wildlife. And uh, I don't know that you can find any more respect uh, out of, you know, most hunters. Now, I know there's a lot of bad apples out there, but um, we, we just, a lot of us have the, the utmost respect. And that that's really what it boils down to is making sure, like going with what you were just saying about uh, conservation. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. You don't want the animals to get overpopulated and start suffering and stuff like that. So it, you know, it, it's just a good way to get in and get connected and uh, you just got to go out there and, and do it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Get your boots on the ground. Let's go. Yep. We're going to open up a hunting panel on the um, connection place. So if you want to chat about hunting, ask Steph and I questions about hunting, what we do, how we can stuff anything related to hunting we will set up a spot over on the connection place that we can chat about it um because i know both of us are passionate about it and our families are passionate about it so if if you want to join in on the conversation head over to the homesteadconnection.com and go to the connection place and we can talk about it more there um or reach out re reach out to us on instagram or facebook um because we'd be glad to share any resources that we have with you guys yep 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 <laughs> The offer stands if you want to come up to Minnesota turkey hunting. Come.
come on up. Until next time. <laughs>